Hello and welcome to this week's Statsman Podcast with me, James York, and... Ted Knutson. How are you, Ted? I am congested because it is hay fever season and the pollen is attacking me. My sympathy is not something I've uh, suffered from particularly over the years. So lucky. Yeah, so there's my legendary tough constitution keeps me going. Anyway, <laughs> something you didn't... I... Go on. I had multiple requests this weekend. Actually, so the podcast is a funny thing. Um, it is probably our most consistent sort of hit getter or listener getter, uh, even throughout the year. Um, and yet, like, it gets the fewest feedback, which is so weird. Like, people just listen to us and then don't talk to us about it. Like, even when it's controversial, even when we have, like, strong things to say, like, you don't get any reaction off of it, which is very odd. I, you guys are... A weirdly docile audience, I guess. This sounds uh, like a prelim to you telling me what feedback you've got. Well, it is. <laughs> so, uh, so in New York, uh, a number of people went out of their way to tell tell me how much they enjoyed the podcast, and then they're like, "I really like that, you know, the bit where you were talking about Tom Cruise and Will Smith movies." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, James is going to be so excited to hear that." I got, I got other. <laughs> well, I got to, to two pieces of feedback about the film reviews, uh, and uh, neither were positive. So we'll see. Well, they. Well, they were wrong. We're going for the American audience now, James. It just, it just depends, doesn't it? People have got different different tastes. So on the back of this, though, I have to ask you, uh, what do you think of Game of Thrones? I hate Game of Thrones. See, here we go. we gotta, we got to get stuck into this because you're weird. No, it's crap. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, there's, there's no, it's, it's not, it's just, it's frivolously uh gruesome that's what i decided in the end although some of the gruesome bits were quite comical i did watch i half watched some of it up to a point up to about season four or something because my wife was watching it so you actually were sort of seeing some of it i never particularly was engaged with it i did like follow like what was going on because my wife was watching it and i was in the same room like doing other things so you couldn't avoid it but i don't know it's just it's just not d- d- narratively strong enough for me. Maybe the books are great. See, people apparently love the books, and they've you know they've kind of like riffed off that. But from a from a TV program perspective, it's just it's like the Jeremy Kyle of dramas. It's just kind of like lowest common denominator, really. Wow. For me. So there the you go. Jeremy Kyle of dramas. Yep. That's I can't even. <laughs> it's like Jerry Springer terms. Um, <laughs> Whew, okay, see, James has takes, guys. I just, I just, you know, thought we had to dig that out. Now, I want to flip this around, though, because I think it's very important to uh, to address some elements of this. Um, you know, the books are quite well plotted. The last two seasons, or last season and a half especially, were disastrously so. Um, but you're the one who's like, oh, I didn't really like the, the early stuff. I was like, oh, well, that's different. Um, but I want to find out what do you like, James? What do I like? Yeah, if if you don't like dragons and and blood and sex, like what do you like? Yeah, no, to, truly, that's just never been my thing at all. Is is like kind of fantasy stuff. So like, it just isn't my thing. What can uh-huh. I say? Um, but you're really into the expanse, then. The expanse. I don't know what that is. <laughs> so what do you like? What do you watch? I don't Come watch. On. I honestly we don't need some watch, examples. I honestly don't watch much TV at all. Not all anymore. Right. That's the thing, you know. The internet like distracts so me constantly. You don't like television and sport distracts me constantly. Yeah, I mean, Do I like re- sport. I like um, I don't know things that are more rooted in reality are kind of my thing. Like you know, documentaries and things. Like Jeremy I, Kyle. I don't like d- drama serials very much. Jeremy Kyle, yeah, poor poor Jeremy now on the scrap heap. 
It's been cancelled. Come on, this is four minutes of uh, diverted chat already, Ted. James is uncomfortable, everyone. I've done it. I've, I've turned. It. He, he will watch an occasional movie. We might have to dig back uh, yeah, in the eighties, nineties, and two thousands. So. Uh, yeah, I, I watch less movies than ever before because I find I find many modern movies equally disappointing uh, due to uh, over reliance on CGI and fantastical scenarios and such. Um, so next podcast, we're going to talk about the MCU. What's the MCU? <laughs> and and on that note, we're going to switch to transfers. All right. Oh, bloody Marvel Universe. Oh, I've never watched one of those films, and I won't. And I won't watch Titanic or Avatar, just out of principle. Because you don't like James Cameron? Oh, I just can't be bothered with that stuff. Anyway. What about Aliens? Uh, that's a good film. <gasps> we found one. Found one James like. All right. I don't mind some... Yeah, science fiction-y kind of things are, are generally all right, sometimes. Not like Star Trek so much, but like more kind of like thinky things. Although they can be disappointing as well. They set up these elaborate setups and um, <laughs> and then fail to deliver time and again. Anyway, the Champions League final. There you go. What more drama can you have than that? Guess a great segue, James. You've done so well with that. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the best game, was it? Let's be honest. Look. Uh, okay, so I don't. Man, I, I had to. I just had to threaten to mute some very grumpy Spurs fans in my mentions when talking about Moneyball this week and how like Liverpool had the Moneyball team. They're like, they had so much money. I'm like, yeah, but they had so much money that they generated off the of profits off of like other transfers. Well, they have so much wage budget. I'm like, yeah, but they used to finish seventh and eighth, like with smaller wage budget than <laughs> than than all of the other clubs around them. Well, that's always smaller. But anyway. Um, no, it's a good point though. Like the, without the Coutinho sale, like they wouldn't look like they they were such a kind of like high spending club. Luis Suarez as well. Hmm, yeah, and it's been very targeted spending off the back of that. Uh, yeah, I mean this is this is my thing, right? So I I feel like any club that has a reasonable amount of money can really potentially punch into the the top four section if they don't fuck up. Like if they really learn to execute, they can do quite well. Mm-hmm. And and Liverpool are a pretty good example of this. Now, obviously, they have more wages. But that hasn't just allowed them to punch into the top four. That allowed them to finish in the Champions League final and then the Champions League and win it. <laughs> yeah. So, so like that's you know a different strata. But yeah, it's not it's not unreasonable that an Everton could do this, or I mean, even an Aston Villa, honestly. If they, well, yeah. If they were to really turn it around, you look at a you know forty thousand seater stadium, fucking Newcastle. If they if they got this shit together and and like made some decent investments and then you know Leicester. Leicester's already done it once. Yeah, I mean Tottenham. Tottenham are kind of the blueprint for a kind of um, like kind of finances ins and outs and not spending. You know, proving you don't have to spend loads and loads of money at any yeah, exactly. necessarily given point. And you know, it's taken fifteen years for um, or more even for them to kind of like get to get to the situation where they are. But the situation where they are is like regular top four team, um, always in contention for that. Uh, touch yeah, and, touch and that has been un, unheralded, and and I probably should have mentioned them as well. Like it's This is, again, a team that just learned how to execute well, had a bit of luck with some players coming out of the academy, um, you know, rebuilt off of the back of Gareth Bale, uh, Sale. Uh, yeah, not necessarily that well, no. but got enough parts off of it to to do quite well generally. That we can segue there quite naturally, actually, because Ericsson it was the um, the obvious highlight of the the magnificent seven that uh, the jewel, the, the S Club seven that came out of the um, the um, uh, bail sale. He's been. Does there. that mean he's Rachel Stevenson? <laughs> Uh, Rachel Stevens, I think you'll find. <laughs> can you name S Club Seven? No, we're not doing that. Anyway, that's the only one that I can name. <laughs> anyway, um, 
yeah, so he's been there ever since Bale left and been an absolute bedrock of the team and now has come out today, or yesterday rather, or day before, and said that he would like a new challenge if possible. Now, the gossip around this has been around for at least half a season because, you know, he has notably not signed a new contract and he's only got a year left. So, James, real, well done on you for, like, taking this on the chin and addressing it up front and not allowing me to, like, needle you about it. <laughs> well, it is what it is, isn't it? This is this this is football. Um, I still think he's he's an absolute key key cog in the team. Um, would love him to stay a couple more years, uh, sign a new contract, and I think that is slightly on the table um, purely because I think he only really wants to go. The gossip for ages been he only really wants to go to say Madrid or Barcelona, like take a step up into like the Spanish uh, one of the Spanish giants. Um, if Man City arrived with a hundred. 20 million pounds and stuff maybe you'd consider that but that doesn't feel like that's that's uh, moving in that that direction um and if he doesn't get to go to one of these two clubs then i'm not sure that he's that bothered about going i mean he, he tottenham got him cheap for like 11 million when he when he left um yeah. ajax because because i think his contract was like had a year left on it he so was on the last year there too yeah so he's he's, he's he's him and his agent are obviously quite like shrewd as to like how they you know look after their um, in uh, after his career, and that's fine. Um, but uh, there could be, it could even be a situation like I mean, I can't see like Tottenham letting him go through and leaving on a free next summer. So if he didn't go, then there'd be a question of like trying to seal him on some kind of contract, even if it was potentially a shorter one, or had some kind of like gentleman's agreement that if he, you know, a club that came in that one he wanted to go to the summer after, then he would be allowed to go. I, I, I just don't know. It's, but it's really interesting, and I think the fact that he's come out in the media, um, even if the Danish media, um, and said like, you know, oh, I'm looking for a new challenge. It's very much the kind of come and get me plea, and as we have seen Real Madrid are not being shy about spending money right now which, Frisky. which is uh, a change of pace for them and much long overdue but I've just got this feeling that they get, get to a point where they can't just keep signing players they can <laughs> well, Jovic has arrived this this week. I've done this on Football Manager. You could just keep saying, please. <laughs> Jovic has, looks like he's arrived this week. Um, Ferland Mendy's like heavily. Like, I think that deal's probably going to uh, go through at some point. I mean, it's, it, I thought it had gone through. I'm like, I don't think it has quite. Hazard. There was talk last night that there's some Spanish uh, uh, guy had announced it was um, Hazard was going for. Well, also an obvious million. deal. Right, so yeah. like he he basically at the end of the, the Europa League final, which yep. they won, was like you know it's time, <laughs> and and, and uh, Ericsson doing it as well towards the, the later part of their uh, their both of their contracts. So so they've done it. Mendy's a, an interesting one. Um, so like Mendy apparently uh, struggled younger, like was down at La Havre, uh, and he's going basically from like the French second division into the French first division to. Real Madrid, uh, we consistently think that the French second division is actually quite strong with players, mm. uh, which is ironic because every fucking time you post stuff from French players on the, the main stats bomb account, you get like a bunch of, <laughs> well, I don't want to say knobheads, but uh, that's kind of how you think of them. They're like, oh, Farmers League. Yeah, they do. It's, it's, it's pretty constant. Like, I mean, 
yeah, the perception of League One and the actual like reality of players coming out of it just seems to be you know <laughs> fairly different. It's like they keep providing good players, and Leon are a good example. Leon have got a, a, such a you know uh, an exciting bunch of young players. You know, Tangi and has been linked all over the place with you know the biggest clubs. Uh, the summer, obviously, yeah, Fakir obviously is decent. The um, yeah, there's just you know they keep finding players and, and um, they cash like 100 million in transfer profits every year right now yeah, and yeah. Mon- Monaco have as well right up until this year where, where mm. the wheels fell off the Monaco project they were casting monstrous checks from selling their guys on uh, all of those farmers who then went on to become mansion owners I guess at the, the super <laughs> clubs um, yeah so we kind of talked a little bit uh, towards the end of the summer last year about Real Madrid and how they needed to sell one of the two superstars, like one of the two great players of, of our era. Um, they got rid of Ronaldo, presumably because he asked, um, mm. or, or it was time. I don't know, maybe Spain was easier to serve uh, petitions and, uh, and lawsuits to him. I'm not sure uh, <laughs> whether that be for rape or tax avoidance or whatever. It was time for him to go. So he's gone to Juventus, and it seemed like it happened late enough in the summer and might have been slightly unexpected we discussed, I think, on a whole podcast, like, what do you do with it? And my thing was, like, if you weren't ready for it, if you, maybe you just bite the bullet and suck it up and go into this season and see what parts you've got, right? Like, you kind of do an assessment. You're still in, in like, the Messi era, and so, like, going toe-to-toe with Real Madrid didn't make much sense. Zidane had left. It's just a really weird summer. And so you're like, well, okay, fuck it. Like, we're just going to eat this summer, and you know, we think that we could still make it in the Champions League, which they did. Uh, Zidane comes back, okay, and and now <clears throat> Jovic, we thought um, quite early last autumn was one of the best young strikers on the board and one of the few that would be available. And if the price is sixty million euros, they got an amazing price. Yeah, right? jo- Jovic is it's it's just a no brainer. Like if you're one of the bigger clubs, you know, and you and you want like let's who's let's just cast our eye around who's like the most promising young forward striker kind of thing around around Europe and it's like yeah it's probably Jovic so no surprise at all that he's he's actually you know gone to a larger club makes total sense um the thing that I'd forgotten was that they'd also sent Adem Militao uh, like at some point during so center back yeah during um you know the last season and Rodrigo a young Brazilian um who uh, you know I'll probably won't get that many minutes going forward but the point is that's another 80 million pounds worth of or, or 80 million euros worth of talent they've already purchased and money spent yeah There's and no- i was gonna say that that rodrigo fee was like big it was like 40 million hmm. so they're like dipping back into the vinicius junior pool saying like hey we we have the ability to find good young brazilians we're willing to pay for them we think this guy is special too so yeah but you so like hazard is is likely to come I think that they have to retool that midfield tool, um, too. Like, Casemiro yeah. is fine. Cruz is creeping up. And and Modric goes into the season, like, this is his 34-year-old season, right? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, such, it's an obvi- such an obvious thing to say, like, you know, ship out Modric and bring in Eriksen because, like, they're, like, comparable. But, like, all the, the, the gossip around is that, like, Pogba or Eriksen are, are the two guys that they're they're interested in and they ain't gonna sign both of them that's the that's the simple facts um but ericsson's like half the amount probably though may hmm, don't know if it's that much cheaper i mean can, can, well, can you flip, can 60 you versus 110 all right yeah like I, mean, I was wondering if you could free realistically flip pogba for a profit i mean hmm. no 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, what is it? Roundabout. Like? Yeah, and yeah, what, part of that's what, the pound's fault. What price Ericsson at this point? But but like, yeah, I mean, if if they sign Pogba, then this, if that happened, then like they ain't going to sign more players. They, they've literally spent so much money. Even Madrid aren't going to go out and buy like, you know, eight players for. <laughs> 400 million or something you well again think. don't don't forget that that they sat on this money for quite a while bale's got an outgoing we don't know if they'll get much of a fee but like he will definitely leave uh, like zidane has made that utterly clear <laughs> if bale goes they can they can they can fund an army with uh, with the weekly wages they save fair enough uh yeah and and ronaldo's wages also disappeared off the books uh, plus a hundred million fee. So like I, I'm not too concerned about this. I think that like they're actually gonna be able to make a lot of this work. Uh, you know the the uptick in wages from Manchester United to Real Madrid that Pogba might ask for. You're just like no, you could stay. <laughs> yeah. like, if that if that's the alternative, you can come here and and make good money with bonuses, or you could stay. That's a good point. I mean, I don't think, don't think like the wages are like the going to be the biggest aspect, but like upgrading Ericsson from whatever he's on at Tottenham to, uh, to like a Real Madrid wage is going to be significantly less than upgrading Pogba to whatever he wants on top of his Man United wage. So, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, if I was Real Madrid. Yeah, solid. I just go and try and get Ericsson. I mean, that's the thing. The, the, not, the balance. I quite like the balance of getting like Hazard. I mean, Hazard's probably a year or two older than I'd like him to be in an ideal world. But like, uh, you've still got like probably like three good years of Hazard that you can get. get um, Ericsson or Pogba again. They're kind of like twenty six or something like that. So you've st- you're still getting like good years. And then everyone else they're signing is young, and they 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 went for a, a long spell when they when. Real Madrid really did like sign players when they were young, and then they, you know, turned out to be quality. Like you know, getting Bale when he was, I think, twenty-three or something, and Benzema years ago was very young. And you know, they've they've often bought players at the right age, um, and you know, identified the right types of players that are going to be able to perform in a you know an elite team. So now it's happening. It's all kind of kicking off uh, for uh, Real Madrid. I think one of the things that we noticed. Uh, earlier we had a quick like kind of preview to this was like how many like in the the top transfers of this this season uh this summer already um you've got a a kind of blend between basically big german teams and big spanish teams um a few of these deals have already gone through uh in the winter or you know during the kind of back end of the season and set up for the future but the premier league is really kind of like they haven't moved at all yet. I mean, obviously, stuff doesn't get kind of uh, made official till you know J- July the first thing. But it's just interesting. Like, come on, lads, get organised. You know, Real Madrid have signed like three players, maybe four, maybe five. Dortmund have signed a handful of players. Bayern have got a couple of guys coming in already. Uh, you know, I, so to push back a little on this concept, I think that the problem might be teams trying to to hold the Premier League teams hostage. Right. So, like the the money is is perceived as so big, and you're perceived as being able to get a better deal from the Premier League teams, and so you're just like, well, you just throw an extra twenty five percent onto the fee, right? So, so Lucas Hernandez went for a huge fee uh, to to Bayern. I'm not sure that like that fee was good, but he is good. So, like that, it's. It's a bit of that. Frankie de Jong, you know, 70 million euros or whatever. Luka Jovic, uh, 60 million euros, 60 to 70, depending on who you believe. Look at the age uh, of all these players, though. Like, these are the t- these are top teams across Europe, and they're buying, like, basically hoovering up the, 
the basically the the, be, the better kind of like 21 22 23 year olds in, sure Pavard goes from getting relegated with Stuttgart to uh to Bayern which is a funny one but that was a, a deal that was agreed ahead of time Demmer by uh Hoffenheim to Leverkusen for like a pretty big fee uh, Brandt had a release clause, and, and Dortmund snapped that. And Dort, like the German clubs, always act early. Yeah, they always do. That's they want everything situated by the time that they get into camp, uh, and and it's kind of a classic thing. A lot of these other deals are are just um, automatic triggers, right? So the ones that that have buying options that yeah, we sure. consider them already bought. So like Kessie, you know, you consider he was already already bought. Really, um, Storaro, Cristante, uh, Lo Celso. Like he had an option that that was then purchased, but then may may go to Spurs. That yeah, that, that's that's a. I mean, we mentioned it last week, but that's a strong strong uh, rumor that uh, Spurs would go out and uh, try and get Lucielso. But his fee looks like it could be, you know, really really quite high. I think, like if Ericsson goes, then you've got to try and spend a similar amount that you get for Ericsson on whoever you deem to. If not a direct Ericsson replacement, but like you know, someone in that kind of midfield stroke, attacking midfield band that is really good, and uh, Lochelso seems to be the um, uh, you know fit the bill as, as someone who could who could go in there and be be a strong signing. So I, I, I think I, Spurs could easily spend like economically. I think Spurs could easily spend three hundred million this this summer and not worry about it. <laughs> it would be a change of pace, certainly. From well, you've got you've got what eighteen months where you didn't make any transfers whatsoever, so yeah, like yeah. that powder is dry. You've got like just extremely low wages for uh, the league uh, performance base. So like they're in the Champions League again. They're in the Champions League last year. They get a huge pot from the Champions League this year. They're probably going to get a pot from. Uh, from an Ericsson sale. So, like, for me, I look at it and say, you know, for the first time, Spurs could get really aggressive in the, in the transfer market and just go after the guys that they want. The, yeah. the danger is that, like, the wage ripple comes out. But I don't, like, economically, they, Levy might not do that and he might not want to do that. But economically, they can do that. I think, like, yeah, I mean, if, if let's let's presume Ericsson does go somewhere, I think, or I think Alderweireld, like, may, there's all the talk that he's got, like, a clause that means that he it's could go time well. for him so there's yeah. a bit of money that you know could come in if they if they if they got say if they still got like say 80 million in sales and then spent i don't know 50 on top they could probably buy like three or four players of decent quality and kind of and just kind of re- make the trip keep getting rumors about Trippier like going here there and everywhere since he's you know some world cup semi-finalist champions league finalist yeah this guy this guy's like cv looks quite good now and obviously what he does is uh quite unique so there's there is potentially money that could come in and i think that squad does need a little bit of turning over you wouldn't want any of the you know any of your absolute key men bar bar obviously erickson uh going i mean out is a key man in ways but like he's getting to the end of his contract he's the uh, he you want to re-up any what sorry the- do Spurs have any needs? Is there, uh, you know, anything you're worried about? Well, yeah, I mean, it's central midfield still. I mean, you've got Winks. Uh, Dyer looks dire in the, this year. He doesn't really improve since he got got ill and stuff. And despite the the fan base's wild love for Mr. Musa Sissoko, that dude is not the answer to, to a long-term <laughs> Champions League standard central midfield. He's also um, past thirty now, right? Yeah, I mean that's the thing. He's he's he's. I think he's got a couple of years maybe on his contract. So yeah, it's it's you know not not something that's you know a long term solution to anything. So 
You're yeah. not concerned about the hairy cane and Lorente sized elephant in the room? <laughs> yeah. Um I think if with with Moura and uh, Son milling around, and I don't think they're particularly like likely to go anywhere, that that you have kind of like attacking cover if if Kane is 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 out, um, there probably is a need for another kind of backup striker forward type. But it's you know the, the squad feels ever more like uh, Pochettino's often said he likes versatile players, and it feels like it is a bit more like that. So whether you just get like a a, a finisher type. Um, who sits on the bench a la Vincent Janssen. I can't really see that as being the way forward. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on from Spurs. I have a question for you. Go on. Um, what do you think about Aubameyang to China? Well, yeah, yeah, this, yeah this story kind of came up uh, <coughs> earlier in the week. I mean, <laughs> who knows what mischief is afoot here. Um, because Hang on, let, let me flesh it out because I've got background on this one. So Aubameyang was being chopped around China a bunch uh, the year that he went to Arsenal and he was looking at a potential summer move, didn't quite want to take that, um, then ended up going to Arsenal for basically the same fee as, mm-hmm. as he would have potentially gone to China, uh, which seems like not the best negotiating, but he needed to have that info. Um, and now, you know, 18 months on or whatever, he's been really quite good, has not fallen off at all. China's still interested in like a big move and a big payday. Or, you know, you're like, well, we could potentially bump up his wages. Uh, do you think it would make sense for Arsenal to sell? And do you think that it... I mean, he, he's obviously still really good and he'll be great in China. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that would be the way forward. Um, Arsenal are in such a funny spot because, like, you know, some players like you feel like you you don't want to be losing players like Özil and Aubameyang or even Lacazette, who's been linked linked with a few clubs. Um, but at the same time, you don't really want to do too much with them. Like the the idea here is is that Aubameyang might might get a contract extension and and a pay rise. I think I'm more happy giving him a pay rise than a con- than a contract extension. Um, that probably is un- an unrealistic kind of desire to uh, to do that. Um, like if you can he's got two years i think if you give him one more like in a pay rise just to kind of like try and keep him happy or something i don't know it's it's a real it's a real kind of fiddly situation i don't think you want to lose him but then you also don't want to be signing him up to you know even more further veteran years um which he's already kind of like you know on the cusp of getting into it's a really difficult spot. I mean, look, looking at Arsenal, like we do a little bit of prep before we um, before we do these uh, podcasts. I was looking around at like some like what's the talk around Arsenal uh, players that they're interested in, and it's like it really isn't very, you know, very inspiring talk of like forty, fifty million pound budget and you know thirteen million pound bids for X, Y, Z player. It it just it's not really setting the pulse on fire. Yes, I agree. My pulse is not on fire. <laughs> is that even, I, a, I, I is that even a legitimate analogy? Yeah. Like, anyway, I, I, I have. I've I mixed my in, metaphors. <laughs> it's fine. I, I've descended into into this rant before. You're not going to bait me. <laughs> no, but it's just it's, it's it's a shame, isn't it? Because like what what you really see like objectively, it's like you know what do Arsenal need to do right now? And it's it's kind of like. Yes, you would like them to go and go out there and make the kind of Sanchez or uh, even a Bamiang like scale signing, just to kind of probably in defence to be honest, but um, just to kind of um, make a statement. And 
like what what we're seeing or i'm you know seeing at this point is what look like kind of like holding pattern uh potential links for players and not really moving the needle and what does that mean it means sixth place all over again and as we talked before metrics don't look great it's probably sixth place looking behind and hoping that wolves don't go out there and sign three great players and you know or leicester don't you know gel under rogers and come and come and prod them from underneath it's it's not good times uh, in that regard. Yeah, there's a lot of risk in Arsenal's current squad, and that not risking the players necessarily, risking that like things are going to fall apart. Uh, so, not, if you're selling those guys, not only do you have to feel like you're selling them, but you can replace them, uh, and you're happy with the replacements, and you think you're getting good value, and you think that you're going to get good value. Of course, the contract. Um, you know, I. <laughs> From the perspective of someone who has done this and and kind of has seen a lot of this, I would definitely sell Aubameyang at the very least this summer. Uh, that's just the way that I would do it because we need funds in right. order to rebuild. And I have been saying that the Arsenal need, rebuild needed to happen for a long time. One of the big gaps under Wenger over the later years is the same gaps you saw under, Arsene, or under Alex Ferguson. They didn't buy uh, young players with potential uh, across the attacking spots. They often bought for players that were near peak that could improve what was a pretty good squad. But the problem was that if you let that squad age out, you end up as Real Madrid and you need to invest a whole bunch in order to improve it. And it never quite happened. I was kind of surprised that Demerbay uh, wasn't you know, a potential replacement for like uh, an Aaron Ramsey or something like that. It seemed almost like an obvious swap, but I don't know. Um, the The fan base is really quite grumpy with, uh, as they call him, Bruce Rioja. Um, <laughs> That's fantastic. That really is. That's about the best manager nickname you're going to find. <laughs> it's really good. So uh, Unai Emery uh, referred to as Bruce Rioja, who I think was a previous caretaker manager. Bruce Rioch. Is that right? Yeah, no, he was the guy who was, I think, I'm pretty sure he was the guy that was there before Wenger. Um, he might have even right, signed so Bergkamp, but no, not, is it Bergkamp? Someone decent anyway. But uh, yeah, he was, and it, it just didn't quite work, because he was, he came in like quite, you know, with uh, basically George Graham had been there before and had, you know, lots of success and, you know, I mean, Arsenal in some ways, fairly uh, fortunate is one way of putting it, to, to have George Graham, who was so successful for a period of time, and then quite quickly afterwards, like, landing Wenger. So you've got two pretty legendary managers, not that spaced apart. You know, <laughs> oh, what Man United would do for such a, you know, back-to-back kind of finding their manager. Yeah, so anyway, Arsenal have lots of challenges. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about this uh, later in the summer. So we've got a couple other ones here. Uh Bruno Fernandes linked with Manchester United. Yeah, he was, he's been, he's been. I I I wonder if he's just one of these uh, like slightly agent led things. You know, he's had a season where he's been really quite effective in Portugal. I look at his Champions League kind of like numbers and uh, not Champions League Europa League numbers. Was it no uh, Europe? I can't remember which. Maybe it was Europa League they're playing. They, they didn't look quite as quite as impressive. It's like, yeah, that interesting like idea about like, translating between like Portuguese League and you know higher level. Um, he's certainly been touted around um, a lot. He's a sporting sporting TP, right? Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know about him. He's probably quite decent, but it's it feels like he's one of these like. Yeah, just kind of like agent agent led stories, and he might end. He probably will end up somewhere for a rather large fee. But um, lots of shots from range, slightly terrifying passing percentage. But you know, passing percentage if he's constantly creating chances for teammates doesn't 
doesn't really reflect like what's going on, whether his ability is there. Uh, I haven't looked at his, his model numbers. We have it. Um, yeah, you want to be really careful about the fee on this one, I would say. And his, uh, yeah, his, his percent, uh, sorry, his expected goals per shot is around 7%, which is not an exciting one in the, in the modern Premier League age. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, no, and it is. There was talk that City were interested in him, and then and United were interested in him, and then City are no longer interested in him, and now United are interested in him, and it's like, well, we'll see on that one. But his, his it, agents it, doing a good job in playing the the Manchester clubs. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I think even Liverpool have been linked with. Him. There's, there's, you know, he's he's that that player that's being linked with all the all the big clubs at the moment. So, I will kind of wait and see on that one. Uh, Gareth Bale's always a good topic, and this week he's been linked with Inter. Conte, there was a report somewhere saying that Conte, uh, Conte's like m- number one target <laughs> was Gareth Bale, and again, like Madrid loading up players, like there's, there's no secrets here that he's he's wanted to be moved on. Um, Inter feels like the kind of place that he could go, although he's well renowned for destroying Inter whilst at Tottenham many years ago. <laughs> so, That's a glorious game. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's a, a little bit of a ancient needle on, in that one. Who else have we got on our list? We haven't got that many more. Oh, did, how is Rodriguez is now, like, probably, again, Real Madrid kind of, like, throw out. He's still, I still he's still got a couple of years on his Madrid contract, but he's not going yeah. back to Bayern. We had been told that there was a, an automatic clause, uh, an automatic purchase, basically, in right. the Bayern one. But he's asked them not to take that up, which means that it's sort of his responsibility to find another deal. Yeah, which suggests that he must have some some option like coming. Um, I mean, what? Yeah, where where could he go? You, I mean, you could you could see him landing in <laughs> landing in Mexico or something at the, for some. You know, absolute lucrative signing. Someone suggested yesterday, which I thought was great, was Wolves. Like, if Wolves just like put together a package and tried to bring him to bring to the Premier League, I was quite entranced by that as an idea. You know, uh, just bring in just someone who's you know, you know, definitively top class on top of you know an already solid, solid team. But yeah, there Spurs. aren't there aren't that many locations that you can imagine him turning up. I can't. I, can't see him being a Spurs, <laughs> Spurs player. You, you're enchanted by the Wolves one, and they're like, uh, yeah, not yeah, so much just cause, Spurs. just yeah, just because it's it, it just wouldn't happen. Like you know, in a kind of blank world, then yeah, maybe he's a great player, but um, Spurs are not going to take on that wage package. No, they're not, and I'm not sure if it's he's like you know, he's kind of like a work ethic is is going to fit in a kind of Pochettino team, but like you know, just as a kind of special teams guy. Um, I mean, this this is a this is the Wenger would have signed him, wouldn't he? Yeah, probably. <laughs> he, he probably might have. he probably would have. He'd, Wenger would have been like, yeah, we'll just get him in. He's really good. And, Speaking uh, of, of Wenger players, uh, and and someone that was rumored as a potential Spurs uh, signing, well, just a potential Spurs rumor from this past week, Julian Draxler. Really? Yeah, I've not seen this. To Spurs for I don't know forty ish million whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know what is with Draxler. He's just a player that's like you know, I've failed to be convinced by. Um, that's probably unfair, but I don't know how old is he now. He must be getting on a little bit. It's twenty five. Is that all? My yeah. God, I can't believe Gerson was like twenty six or something the other day, and it was like, oh my God, he's been around forever. It's weird, you, you know. You get these players that are kind of <laughs> you think they must be getting into their veteran stage, and they're really not. So yeah, that, those are, you know, Draxler's at a good age. Someone. Should I think Draxler's pretty good, probably better than he's been given credit for. Like he does a lot of, 
a lot of scut work at PSG, a lot of you know picking up the the harder matchups, the defensively side, because mm. yeah, you got Neymar, etc. Um, yeah, it's tricky. I I really liked him before. I thought you could convert him to center forward. He'd do just fine. Um, he's still playing mostly wide at PSG. I don't know. Like that's that's kind of one of those ones where you feel like he moved to a big club, got a really good payday, and kind of lost some of his development time because he got behind you know one of the best players in the world. It's hard, isn't it? Especially um, at the the mega clubs. If if you're not for some reason, you know you're not you you know you're kind of like the fifteenth best player or 15th man in the squad kind of thing then you can you can easily kind of drift a bit uh you know having to lucas moore and he ended up at tottenham on what looks like a very fair deal i think it was 25 million so um yeah it's it's, it's something that can happen and it's you know if you are you know if you are interested in you know looking for higher grade talent at low low prices then then the offcuts of some of the bigger bigger clubs can can sometimes bear fruit. Not always. Lo Celso. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's the thing. I think he quite happily fit in uh, in uh, midfield for very decent clubs. Rabio. I thought, I thought PSG actually needed him. <laughs> yeah, Rabio's like um, I think he's he's going to move on a free. Who knows where he's going to go? Um, that's just seems to have gone quiet a little bit. Yeah, that that's one where. The agent shopping was really aggressive, and he looks like a great player, but you have real concerns that this sort of drama, which has been bubbling under the surface for the last couple of seasons at PSG, uh, is going to continue on wherever he goes. Because mm. it's not really PSG drama, it's it's him and his mom drama, or him yeah. and his agent drama. Um, uh, his mom is unfair. It's him and his agent, let's put it that way. Um, and, you know, this is... Clubs are a little more aware of this, especially for, like, a club with like PSG that has a lot of natural drama, <laughs> like wh- whether it's, you know, being the giant club in Paris or the fact that Neymar and Mbappe are there and, and Neymar is just like, you know, his own soap opera. Um, so yeah, it's, it's something that they've been quite careful about, but then you know, Rabiot is going around sort of shopping himself to look for the best deal. Usually if there were no uh, concerns, like this deal will be done right now, right? Like, you know, he's, he's on the market. He's out of contract like right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. I don't I don't know what to think or where he'll end up. Somebody's going to get a great player and an absolute unit. Like he's way bigger than you expect him to be, uh, even without the hair. Um, but you know the the question then becomes you know what are you dealing with for your next five years? Because that's that's the contract that you're going to want to want him on. But he's a great player, like no question, and he can strengthen a number of midfields as well. There are two, there are literally too many destinations. And sorry, not too few destinations for too many players right now. There's 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 you know large clique of players all looking for that big deal. And but they're like 80th to 85th percentile players, and and that's why they're all looking and they haven't worked out. Yeah, you know, one team. So they're trying to get the next one. Some of them are already on the back end of their peak, so you got to be a little careful about that. And these guys are are still wanting. So this is, I don't want to say that it it is, but it's like a little bit of the shift toward baseball, or yeah, the baseball saw with player movement. And guys get big contracts, and then they're looking for the next big contract. And as teams get smarter, they aren't necessarily going to find it. Or they're they're negotiating really hard to get the best deal, knowing that this is the best contract that they're going to get. So like, we are really really seeing the football market change a lot, and I think that those Neymar deals 
uh, the Neymar and Mbappe summer like had almost no impact whatsoever. We've seen the the domestic Premier League rights go down. Uh, international rights went up, and the United States actually looks like a, a good market that's that's growing right now in terms of those deals. But I, football rights are pretty close to to what looks like topping out, at least for the time being. And part of that is caused by the cord cutting. So it's not just like Sky and whomever else that that has this sort of platform is going to be able to to reafford it. Now, if we see all the OTT brands take off, like the Zone and uh, you know ESPN Plus and things like that uh, in Europe, especially then maybe you might be able to see another uptick. But I think that there's a lot of concern at the club level that their budgets are now as high as they're going to get um, less, you know, some sort of Champions League restructuring. And you're not going to, there just isn't space for them to take on these these five-year future contracts that are bigger or much bigger than what they currently have. Yeah. That's, 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 that's my, you know, we pay a lot of attention to the space. We talk to a lot of teams. And, and that's why I think you're going to see this market be, at least somewhat constrained. Like even the Real Madrid fees seem normal, right? There's no one they're spunking 100 to 150 billion on. And if if the the Neymar and Mbappe world was the new world, uh, that would be like totally natural for them. But it's not what's happening. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I, I do wonder how many of these kind of uh, like you say, kind of eighty fifth percent of players are, are going to be like. Would someone like West Ham take a punt on on them? Late in late in windows, you know they pro- they probably would. They um, certainly can afford them. Yeah, that's versus, a, that's versus other teams. Very much so. That's the thing. You know, you, you can you can work out deals if you're a kind of mid range uh, Premier League uh, Premier League team, and you know. Uh, and that's the complaint that <laughs> Juventus and everybody else has. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. West Ham is not supposed to be able to afford the same players as us. <laughs> no, that, yeah, that's very true. But yeah, I. I the back end of the uh, transfer window should be pretty interesting when you know players are kind of shuffling and looking to move and looking to yeah just looking to kind of get deals done what was it one- i think there are tons of moves that need to play out this summer uh what one that i got fooled by this morning that, <laughs> that i was just like so willing to believe was daniel sturridge to rangers and then i got fooled with that because I, I just read flick through twitter and said, oh yeah that seems right well, should we talk about that ted that's a good move <laughs> just I found myself cackling. I read it as like Rangers signed Daniel Sturridge to like a something year deal, like three to four year. I was like, of course they do. Obviously, this is so Rangers. I love this deal. Daniel Sturridge will score a hatful in Scotland. Make it happen. He will. But the problem is that if he and it's Defoe lies. play on the same team, they'll need two balls. Yeah. It might, it might be lies as well. So that's a shame. But that's well, that's that's a, a salutary warning. Every transfer, every transfer window, uh, especially at the start of the transfer window, smart people I know start falling for like nonsense deals and rumors. Of, of I I just woken up, so I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna use I'm gonna use that as my point. <laughs> we should talk about Daniel Sturridge a little bit though, because like this was a guy for 18 months that looked like the next Thierry Henry. Uh, he was scoring from everywhere. He's so fast and amazing on the break, but he would set his teammates up too. It wasn't just that he was scoring. Like he's a, he's a good passer. He's also left-footed, right? So, uh, Sorry, left-footed, right? Uh, correct. In that uh, you get a little bit of benefit from being a, a lefty and you get more flexibility and where you can put them on the pitch. Um, and it's just his body did not cooperate. Uh, so it's a little sad because like that, that first stretch at Liverpool – he was lightning, and, and it, you would have hoped that he'd be able to maintain that. And you've seen glimpses of it, but it hasn't been consistent because you know his hamstrings and his body just are not allowing him to do that. 
Uh, and you know, we've seen a number of players like that. You know, Fernando Torres went from one of the better peaks that we saw outside of the you know Ronaldo and, and Messi. Uh, but then his hamstring, he played through like some really rough periods with hamstring and knee injuries, and he played through it. Playing through it's dangerous. Um, you know, we we had El Nino and then possibly the Hurricane, who also played through things. Knew this was coming. Knew this was coming. As soon as you get to Torres, <laughs> it's just a natural progression. So before you land on Kane. <laughs> he came back in a Champions League final after having not played for so many months when Spurs were doing well with Lucas Moore and Son up front. And he played the whole fucking game. Yeah, he, well, maybe I wouldn't have played him 90 minutes. I think I, Tottenham's, Tottenham's attack wasn't... I'd, I'm not disappointed with the Champions League final. I think Tottenham played okay. I think Tottenham played more of their game than, than Liverpool did, and Liverpool, like, you know, finished better. And obviously the penalty was quite decisive, but they finished better and they won the game, and that's life. But it, it was a toe-to-toe game, and the, the stats that we have also say that. And I thought the second half was actually really thrilling. Uh, someone who, who was wearing a, a Liverpool shirt while teaching a, at the New York course, that was me, uh, was quite a bit nervous. And Van Dijk was fascinating because like listening to a room of people who are who are pretty smart talk about van dyke and like how can he move that fast he caught him from behind how is he that fast yeah you just you've decided he's got a, a force field around him haven't you? no I, I think i think he's got a gravitational pull oh yeah sorry. he's he's so large that the gravitational pull does not allow other attackers to escape him and he just, you know, manages to catch up in that way. That's that's my see. That's not fantasy, James. That's yeah. that's physics. Anyway, you should appreciate that. I I still think we're going to see a small drop off uh, from Liverpool. Oh and, yeah, I, and I'm, I'm I'm not contending that at all. Um, I the, saw a stat the the, the earlier, um, or was it yesterday? And it was something like Allison conceded. Uh, sorry, saved his last sixteen shots on target in the. In the Premier League, and I don't know six big chances or whatever the hell they they are and stuff, and it was like that okay, repeatable. I wasn't, I wasn't, yeah, it wasn't. In, sorry, not Premier, just in the season. It was like okay, that's it. Yeah, well, he's all that tells me is probably not going to uh, save the, the next sixteen. So uh, <laughs> yeah, all good fun. Still, it's been a good season, and now we're into the transfers, and there we go. What we got coming up, Ted? We got courses next week, haven't we? Oh yeah, so we are in London next week. Uh, we've got the introductory course, which will feature a lot of James and a little bit of me. And then we've got set pieces the day after. And the, the audience mix is really quite different for London than it was for New York and probably you know anywhere in the U.S. In that like we've got a lot of, a lot of pros or professional uh, coaches that are involved, some analysts. The set pieces one is, is pretty exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to teaching it because, like, the New York course went really well, and I think mm. that we've created something that is special that that we can be proud of. That just generally takes this knowledge people don't know and injects it into their brains. And and a lot of these people were uh, sort of college university coaches that were at the set pieces coach in New York, or sorry, course, and they were just like, "Wow, this is like, it!" Just really challenges a lot of your assumptions, and we use a ton of video to back up the things that we're saying. And it doesn't mean that we're right. Obviously, we could selection bias the video <laughs> to, to say whatever we want to. But, you know, we back it up with an awful lot of practical experience in this way too. So yeah. I'm stoked about those. Uh, I think from my perspective, the course is a lot of it is about like, you know, provoking ideas and, and uh, inspiring people to kind of like think how they can use, um, you know, smart ways of thinking and data and stuff to, to you know, develop their own uh, thoughts around football and 
you know th that's the thing you know if, if, you, if you're just doing the same thing everything else is everyone else is doing then you haven't got your edge so you you know you need to be creative on top of it and and you know think think as well you can about these things so yeah that's coming when we do these you know we're pretty honest about or i'm honest about we don't know everything right these are the things that we we're pretty sure of based on an awful lot of analysis both you know quantitative from the stats but qualitative as well like following up with it talking to coaches you know practicing ourselves in these different ways we've been inside a couple of clubs and and seen it all the way from conception down to the pitch so but that doesn't mean that we're right and does even if we're right right now that doesn't mean we're right in the future so it's all things that you know be aware of and and hopefully you're giving when we said when we talk about this like we're giving you things to take away to think about to employ yourselves but you're going to need to adapt all of it because your situation is different than what we would face at, at you know a top professional club in terms of personnel in terms of what you have options for so uh, we're pretty honest about that and then we also have los angeles that's for sale right now that is july 7th 6th and 7th uh, at bank of california stadium uh, we get to go see uh, Los Angeles FC live. Apparently, they are the best team ever in the or in MLS at this time of the season. They are on fire. Uh, yeah, they're, so we're, they're ripping it up and playing a style of football that's um, familiar. Yeah. I, I well, I I think that we would support their style of football, and uh, and 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 I'm looking forward to seeing it in person because like watching yeah. it from far away, eight time zones away has been has been fun. Um, but also like they've done an amazing job sort of building that squad, and uh, and Bob Bradley has done tremendous job in you know, taking a young team and turning them into yeah you know, buzzsaw through that league. So it's pretty cool. All right, so that's going to wrap up today's transfer podcast. Uh, I'm going to come back next week with more ways to needle. Actually, you guys can suggest more ways to ask James about pop culture things that we can then fail to talk about. You might need to stick like to the 80s to you know maybe early 2010s, something like that. <laughs> this, um, movies this, only. This entire century is just like one year to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did you have fun today, James? It's been great. All right. Take care, guys. <laughs> Cheers, mate.